watch you in action. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. We're live. Awesome. Welcome back to the Sam Deary. I changed it to sample podcast, but I might change it back to example. I'm still trying to decide. Today we have a very special guest, one of my former professors, Dr. Carrie Cisna. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yay, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. One of the things that I love about teachers here at our school is that so far that they have been very supportive of just random things that I do, <laughs> whether it be with podcasts or with music or just anything related to school. Is that one of the reasons why you became a teacher? So that you could support the students and try and build them up in some sort of way that maybe your professors did or maybe gives them something in their life that you wish that you would have had? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a dreamer. And I love being around college students because they still believe in their dreams and they still believe they actually can change the world. So as you get older in life, a lot of adults kind of become disillusioned and thinking they can actually do anything or actually make anything new or make a difference. But in college, it's such a good developmental stage because, yeah, you still kind of believe that you can create things. And I love being in that environment because we can actually change things and we can actually make new things. So for sure, I love being with students and just kind of helping them recognize their strengths and their dreams and cultivating them. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So then what's kept you a dreamer? I don't know. I've always had this huge imagination. Um, I've always hated people telling me no and that I can't do something. And so, yeah, I've, I've... when someone tells me no, I just get more determined to like figure out how to make something happen and how to do it. And I know it's just a matter of time and dreams shift and change. Um, but yeah, and just being around other entrepreneurs, I moved to Los Angeles because it's the land of, you know, it's all a land, right? Mm-hmm. All the dreamers in the U.S. like moved to either New York or L.A. to make things. And so you constantly in that environment around other dreamers who like to create and make. And there's a lot of disappointment in your dreams, too, along the way the dreams that don't come true. Um, But yeah, just when dreams do come true, it just gives you enough taste of it to want to keep chasing more. So what are some of those initial dreams that you were really able to accomplish that's inspired you to continue chasing down bigger and bigger dreams? Um, Well, I actually met a few filmmakers along the way. And so the process of like, bringing an idea from your head to the to the big screen seeing that was like super inspiring so Mm -hmm. doing that with a few short films and then two feature length films um really just made me realize there's nothing you can't do I also early on when I was in college I I started a few things um you know I started a club and I started I was uh, I redesigned the meal plan for my college so I, I did a few things like that um And then I just, every time I got an idea, I would, I like to partner with students and like mesh our dreams together. So um, one of my students, when I was at Pepperdine University, he had an idea for doing a road trip with college students. And I was like, I want to go into high schools and teach leadership workshops. So we kind of meshed the idea together and we designed a road trip over spring break and we went, it was awesome. We went to Nike headquarters. Mm -hmm. We went to make a dream foundation in San Francisco Um, we, we just went to some really cool things and then 
yeah, then we went into high schools and led leader, leadership workshops. So just, yeah, a few of those examples gave me a taste of, like, yeah, if you partner with the right people, you can. What, what type of stuff would you do with the films? Um, I was actually a producer, which a producer okay. is kind of, there's different types of producers. Some producers raise money. So for one film, I raised the money. Um, for most of the other films, I would just, like, bring together the people. So I would talk to the director, and he would say, we need extras on this day. So I would, like, put out ads everywhere. Like, we need extras. Or we need to do an audition to find the actors. So I would put out auditions, and I would line up all the actors to come in and, you know, do their lines. And sometimes I would do lines with them. And um, so it's really fun to just get to be a part of. And then on set, I would just be, like, errand boy like I would go get coffee or I would actually help people with their costumes you know or just be on walkie-talkie whatever the director needed me to do so um there's nothing more fun than like making a movie with your friends that is the most fun experience ever I hope you get to experience that one day (laughs) it's really fun I think that one of the things that would be super fun about that too is if you're working on professional movies that the actors there are people who are also trying to strive after their dreams and people who want to be there and people who have decided to dedicate at least this portion of their life into it. For a lot of the students that you interact with, especially in the business core, where if you want to be a business student, you have to take your class. What are some things that you try to do to really infuse people with motivation? Because one thing that I've found in my life is that it's really difficult to give yourself to give something to give enough effort to something that you can actually make a difference in it or that you can really do something extraordinary with it. So there's a lot of different uh, assignments that you could just do and to the least of your abilities, Mm -hmm. but then really making something that's super creative and super fun to watch and super entertaining for everybody who gets to see it is a totally different level. So how do you try to inspire students? How do you how do you flip that switch in their brain? That's something that I've been thinking about. How do you flip a switch in someone's brain to make them actually care about something? Mm-hmm. So there's two things. One is giving them freedom to choose. Um, and students, uh, some students take that and run with it right away. You're like, you can do whatever you want. That something you've always want to learn about or something you always wanted to try. Some students take it and run with it. Like, I've always wanted to write a book or I've always wanted to start a TikTok channel. Um, But others are stumped still. They don't know. So the second thing is you really have to find out what people are passionate about and get them to explore that or to cultivate that. And a lot of times people are not even aware of what their interests are because it's just their default setting. So they don't realize, like, this is something that's kind of unique um, so one example, I was talking to a student, he could not figure out what to do. And I was just asking him, well, what do you like to do? And he's like, I like to play Mario Kart. And so we just thought about what he could do. And he ended up recreating a live Mario Kart game. He got all of his friends on skateboards to like chase each other around. And like he threw banana peels at them and stuff. And then he edited it. He edited a video of this with the Mario Kart music. And it was just hilarious. And it was awesome. And it was so creative. But he had never really thought about himself as a creative person at all. And so it's just you really have to find that thing that you would enjoy doing. He loved skateboarding and he loved Mario Kart. So he, he brought this together and spent hours figuring out how to edit this video. And it looked so fun. And so a lot of times you have to help other people 
as humans, I think we mirror each other or we are mirrors for each other. So you have to hold up a mirror and say, look, this is what I see in you. And then people will agree or disagree. And that helps them like really find their path. Yeah. And one of the things that would just inspire me in your class is hearing some of the crazy adventures that you've been on. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's something that I also want to do. But even when you did something that was obviously sort of far out there that you had a dream that you pursued and you eventually were able to accomplish, even if it wasn't something that I specifically wanted to do, it still inspired me to go do the things that I wanted to do. And that's sort of the point of this podcast in the first place is just showing that regardless of whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you just, you got to focus your brain on it and you got to get after it and you got to, regardless of your situation, really pursue that dream with as much passion as you can. But like I said, there's a lot of really awesome, crazy adventures that I've heard from your class. And I'm sure that I'm missing out on a lot of them. So I'm just wondering what is off the top of your head, one of your craziest adventure stories? Mm. Okay. I don't know if this is appropriate to tell, (laughs) but this is what's coming up for me. When I was in grad school, two of my friends and I thought it would be hilarious to wear those adult diapers, like those huge, you know, that you, you know, adult, like depends, adult diapers. Mm -hmm. And just like walk around talking to people as we were peeing our pants. (laughs) We just thought that would be so funny. So we actually did that. And it was hilarious. That was one of the funniest things I've ever done in my whole life. I will never... So we're just walking around campus talking to people, and the three of us knew we were all wearing Depends. Um, it was it kind of went awry though because we had like a water chug beforehand. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. And one of my friends was like, "I'm leaking, I'm leaking," and like had to run back. And so <laughs> it kind of made that it is so random. Yeah, that's something that's fun too. So we have this little for people who are listening assignment in our class for ESP 103 <laughs> where we have to be rejected. So I just wanted to make sure for my assignment that I did something that I would for sure get rejected doing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went into a McDonald's and asked them if I could play on the countertop, which hopefully they would say no since I know they're putting food out on that place. <laughs> but one of the things, my little brother came in and recorded it with me. And one of the things that I took away from that was that you can just do random stuff like that. And it, it, it makes life a lot more exciting. And if you just have some weird idea, like I don't even have any, how would you come up with that to, to walk around in adult diapers? And I know, that's the stuff. You have to just do things that sound really random and shocking. You have to kind of brainstorm with your friends, like your craziest friends who are bold and, and don't care about getting rejected <laughs> and just like, let's do it. And then the stories you create from that. So there is, there is kind of this... Um, paradox of like you have to plan and you have to think about the future and go after things but also you have to live in the moment and do random spontaneous things and so oftentimes I'll like go on a trip I like I for example when I went to Colorado skiing I got into the airport pretty late in Steebone Springs and there was no Uber or taxi so I just started asking people if they could give me a ride just randomly in the airport I feel like that could be kind of dangerous. Right? But it's a very small town. It's kind of safe. But anyway, this woman offered to give me a ride. She's like a professional gambler Mm. at the highest level. So she had a cool story. But then her husband does – he runs data analytics for Facebook. 
And then I got to meet him the next day. She invited me to come to the lake with him and have lunch. Wow. And I met him and some other people who work at Facebook and do data analytics. And it was kind of this crazy time with what's happening at Facebook. So I got to hear all Mm. this inside scoop. But you have to live in the moment and be open and trust your intuition, right? If you don't feel safe, don't ask people for a ride. But um, like, I'm glad I did because I got to know some. And I had one of these guys come and speak to my classes about data analytics. So you just never know who you're going to meet. But most humans would not be that open to talking to strangers and then, and you know, exploring the other side of the unknown. I feel like a lot of people want to. Ooh. But they've never really crossed that bridge yeah. or sort of crossed that threshold. But then once you do it, you're a lot more likely to do it another time. And I think that you've mm-hmm. become very comfortable with doing these really random, spontaneous things. That when you find yourself in that situation, you usually just go for it. Yeah. But sometimes I like to do things that just kind of make me scared because they make me scared. Yeah. Agreed. And one time, this is really random, but I was walking around in a UDF and there was this this girl in there. She was like gorgeous. Okay. <laughs> And I was just like walking around. I saw her. I was like, what if I just went up? Not in like trying to get her number or anything, but just went up and told her she was beautiful and left. And just did that. Which is random. Which is random and really weird. But I was just like, the idea of that scares me. Yeah. And so I did it. You did? I did. I just did it. But then now it like wouldn't really scare me to do that. So I Wait, how old were you? When was this? Nineteen. Oh, this happened recently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. You said it like it was like back in the no, day. No, no, <laughs> oh no. Gosh, see, I would have been awesome. too scared to do that when I was 13. Wow. What was the reaction you got from this girl? She was, I think that she was kind of caught off guard because it is kind of a random thing to do. Did you feel like a creeper or did you feel like you did good not, in the world? Not really. <laughs> not really. She seemed to appreciate it. I think that there are some people you would say that to and they'd be like really creeped out. And then yeah. there are some people it would like make their day. Yeah. And I think it just totally depends on the person. Yeah. But it was partly because she was gorgeous, and it was also partly because I was – it, like, scared me. The thought of doing that kind of scared me, you know? Yeah. Good for so, you. So now you I want to find things that it. scare me. Yeah. I like that you did that. That's a really good story. And I think there's power in giving people compliments. Like, I think it has to be real, though. You can't just be like, hey, nice shirt, if you mm-hmm. don't feel it. Because people can feel it if it's genuine. But there's power to giving people authentic compliments, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we should do that more. It's like the mirror, right? Yeah. When you do see something good in somebody, make sure to tell them. Totally. I think a lot of people are scared to do that too. Yeah. And so it's a weird thing. There's this guy in my dorm, the nicest dude ever, (laughs) and he literally talks about how his life goal is to just be kind to everybody, which is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. And his head's in a spot that almost nobody else is. But he's really good at just sitting down next to people and asking them questions about their lives and just talking to them. But a lot of people are scared to do that for some reason, even though we would all appreciate that. Totally. You're doing good in the world by doing that. And did you notice in class how Lacey kept giving positive <laughs> yes, feedback to every group? Yeah, I did. And no one else did that? I really appreciated that she stopped and was like, no, this is what you did good. She did it consistently. Yeah. And we all should do that more. Like, take the time to recognize the strengths in others and what you like. But we it's so easy to point out what we don't like. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you went up to that girl. 
she may have thought you were a creeper at first, but since you didn't ask for her number, it was probably, yeah. right? It's probably, hey, that was nice. Or maybe she thought it was weird, and a, a week later, who knows? Was she objectively gorgeous, like everyone thinks she's beautiful, or is she I like your she type? A, I thought she was objectively gorgeous. So, but maybe she's your type. <laughs> maybe. Right? <laughs> I don't know. People always talk about types, which I don't really understand. There are like a bunch of different types of looking humans in the world who are all attractive. Right. Then there's some people who you think, is there standard beauty? Like, is there such thing as like, yes, you're beautiful. No, you're not. You're ugly. Or is I really in the, what is it that beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Okay. I think that's partially true. So if if you meet somebody and you think that they're at least decently attractive, if that's somebody that you started <laughs> dating, that person would become like they physically in your eyes become more attractive. I know. Which is crazy. But then I think that there are are also people <laughs> who are you you can't deny it. Like Yeah, everyone like knows Margot Robbie. I mean that, that's just not, that's an example that I can think of. Like there's just n- who's you that? can't say who's Margot Robbie? She's is, she's a uh, an Australian actress. She's in uh, okay. I didn't know like she was Wolf at of Miami. Wall Street and oh, she's Quinn in uh, uh, Suicide Squad. I don't know how much oh, TV you watch. Gorgeous. Okay, she's objectively gorgeous. No one would deny this. I I wouldn't think so. Maybe somebody would. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio. See, I don't or think I don't think Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio's that good of a looking dude. I don't. Is there a guy you think is objectively gorgeous? No one can deny. Brad Pitt, maybe. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and just Leonardo DiCaprio, I just thought it kind of looks like a regular dude. He's a good actor, though. Maybe that's why I like He him. is one of those actors that I watch, right? and I'm just excited to watch him yes. act. And same, I get the same thing from Ryan Gosling and Tom Hanks. <laughs> just like these dudes and Steve Carell. I just like to watch them act, yeah. just watch them perform. Even though they've yes. really brought you into their character and you really feel their character at the same time, you're still enjoying their acting. I think it's the same. Anyone who's enjoying anything is, like, fun to watch. Like, any professor who genuinely loves what they teach, it doesn't matter what it is. It makes it more fun to take that class. Or it's right? just really good, just really skilled and has put a ton of time into yes. their craft. Yeah, and they love it. And that's what we're trying to find when I'm teaching creativity is, like, find that thing that you love because you'll be beautiful to watch, Yeah, right? You'll be captivating. And I do kind of think there's something to beauty in that, right? If you're doing what you love, you do it well, you could look kind of weird, but still, we all watch. And for some reason, people are scared to go after that. So all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's what you hear all the time. Just like, chase your dreams, chase your dreams, yes. chase your dreams. And why do you have to continue to say that? because people are scared to do it. I know. And I have one friend, uh, really charismatic, awesome, outgoing dude. I just want to see him give his all, you know, which he can, and he totally will be able to. But there's just a threshold there. And it's not just him. I don't mean to, to shout anybody out in that sense, but it's <laughs> not just him. It's everybody. I see it happening in my own life. It's like I know that I could do something great with this. I know that I could if I gave my entire heart and soul and, and just put it into this thing, that I could make something great out of it. But I don't for some reason. I think we lack being able to look even just a, a month down the road. Yeah. 
I think we have a lot of mixed messages about make money or be successful. And that confuses us from like, those things come when you can find that thing you want to become an expert in. I have a student who I've talked to about this because I'm like, I can tell you're creative. I can tell you're hardworking and you want an A. You do all your assignments. But I also can tell you have not found your passion yet. Mm. And he agrees with me. We just had a conversation about it. And as soon as he finds his passion, like, I have no, like, concern about him at all. Because he, he does. He, he comes to class all the time. But he's usually on his phone because he's bored. Mm. It's like you need to find that thing that you can just throw yourself into. I think you've already found it with music. You love it. You've spent a ton of time doing it. You're great at it. Well, here's what where I've been thinking about that. It's just... And where I, I've kind of come to a dilemma in a way mm. is that I also really love doing random stuff like this. And I love going to clubs, uh, like student clubs, student organizations, and meeting new people. And I've sort of realized that in order for me to have the grades that I want to have and still be able to do all of those things, but then I also really want to be pouring time into the music Mm-hmm. I've been trying to find a good balance there. I st- I'm still working on it. And that's like, again, the point of this podcast is just really, really working on what you're doing, but giving 100% to what you do every day. Yeah. And you're not sure where it's going to go, but you know that you're trying. How, how do you, this is, I write out a schedule for each day and I say, I'm doing what's on this schedule. And if at the end of the day I reflect and say, this wasn't well, this didn't go well, this didn't go well, I'll change it tomorrow. But you can't continually switch what you're doing throughout the day during the day, partially because maybe you'll just be – there's something you just kind of want to do more in the moment, but then you'll look back and say, I really should have done that. Mm-hmm. So I stick to the schedule. How do you structure each day you live or do you structure each day you live? Yeah, I do the same thing. I get up early in the morning and I write out everything I have to do that day. And I also write out my thoughts and emotions about things. And I think that's super helpful. I also put things on the calendar. Like I look for opportunities like, hey, apply for this internship. I'm not applying for internships right now, but if I was with you. Um, Or like submit this article to get published or submit this short film for a film festival. I'll put it on my calendar and then I'll kind of back up and be like, okay, I need to start working on it a couple weeks ahead of time or whatever it is. So I tend to put a lot of things on my calendar that I might not end up doing, but just in order to keep dreaming big. And then I often do. Like I'll see that deadline coming. I'm like, I'm just going to write this article and put it in. Um, Or, yeah, submit a proposal to go to a conference. I like to go to conferences a lot because I get to travel that way and work pays for it. So I, uh, yeah, I, I'm always trying to apply for things. If I see opportunities, I'm like, okay, apply for this grant, apply for this, whatever coming along. So I like to have like 10 irons in the fire of things I'm kind of interested in and I'll see what doors open and what doors shut. And I don't care if I get rejected. I'll just try again. Sometimes when you get rejected, you realize if you really wanted it. And I'll be like, man, that sucks that I got rejected. I'm, I really want this. And so it helps me, like, refine and get better and try again. It's a weird mix between intentionality and just keeping doors open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knocking on doors, letting doors open and shut. But Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. And I don't think that means indulge, like, or act crazy, 
when you have virtues of character. But if something interests you, knock on that door and see if it opens. And some doors fly open. Sometimes the stars align so easily. One time I was at a conference and this woman said, I'm a fundraiser. You should get fundraising experience. And then like later at that same conference, I met someone who was like, hey, there's a fundraising job open. So I applied for it like the next day. I got an interview the next day. I got an offer the next day. And I was just like, the stars seem to be aligning for me to do this. And I ended up doing really well and I raised $5 million. And I had never thought about being a fundraiser before. But that was a very great skill set to have and a very powerful feeling. So sometimes things just like flow easily. But then sometimes I want something really bad and I keep trying and I keep getting rejected. So you do kind of have to just trust the process and trust the flow of life and go after things. And then if it doesn't happen, oh, well. Other doors will open. And then how do you know that that's a door that you need to let alone or a door that you have to keep knocking on? How do you know when to give up, when to quit on something? Or to that when a door flies open. It's obviously case mm-hmm. by case. Totally. But, but then when a, a door flies open and all the stars seem to be aligning, like that's so sequential, that example you just give. This, <laughs> then this, then this, then this. Yeah. Like literally hours and days apart. Mm-hmm. But you just really, really hate it and don't want to do it. I know. I've had situations like that before, too. It's like, I don't really want to be in this, but no other doors are opening. And I think you just have to trust, like, there's still things you need to learn in that, right? Or maybe you're just not ready. And you just asked the question, when when do you stop knocking on the door? When do you give up? That's a really hard one because you hear so many stories of people who just never gave up and they eventually got what they wanted. But then sometimes, yeah, you just need to realize, like, yeah, give up. So I wanted to be a cheerleader really bad for some reason, and I kept getting rejected, you know, my 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grade year. And I finally made it my junior year. So, but I should have gave up. Like, you're just not a cheerleader, Carrie. Give up. But for some reason, I wanted to wear that uniform. So in me, there's something in me that says never give up. But I know that that's insane because there are some things you just need to give up. Like if some guy doesn't want to date me, like I need to stop like liking him eventually. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. just keep wanting to be in a situation that's not meant for you. So I think discernment, intuition, and again, yeah, trusting the process because maybe that guy I like is not meant to me to be with me or maybe not in this season of life. Maybe that door will open one day. So that's just an example. Do you so. think that there's – this is another thing that I've been thinking about. <laughs> Do you think that there's any type of divine intervention going on in these types of things? That when things just seem to happen again and again and again, that just seem to keep opening the next door, is it just chance? Do you look back at that experience as in becoming, taking that job as a fundraiser? Do you see those things happening again and again and again as just chance? that the stars just happen to be aligning? In what way is it there's a plan Mm -hmm. for your life in that way? Was this where you're supposed to be, and here's it being obvious that you're supposed to do it? I actually do believe in divine intervention, but also, or divine, I guess, that it's something. something. But I also believe in science. Like, if you look at the laws of nature, everything kind of happens as it should. And... You know what I mean? Like, 
bees pollinate the plants and like an acorn grows into a tree and if a fence is built like it will grow around the fence like I feel like we're on our path and it will unfold just like nature so it's, there's kind of like science as well like if you look at laws of nature like who you are meant to be will happen eventually and you might get off your path but eventually you'll find your way back to your path if you want to if you're seeking it and I think for me, yeah. And Steve Jobs even said, when you look back on your life, that's when all the dots connect. And for sure, I feel that. When I map out my whole life, I can see like, wow, that helped me to get that. Even me being here, it's just like a series of events that happened the past three years that brought me to Miami to teach entrepreneurship in a way I never had planned. I just kind of trusted the next step or the next season. So I do think students need to, it's silly to choose a major and a career because you really just need to choose like the next season of life. Because you have no idea what you're going to learn in this next season, which will take you to the next season. So get as many skills as you can. And if you can do as many majors and minors to get as many, like, different things under your belt. But also just trust, like, trust the things that you feel called to and that you're interested in. Follow your bliss. Friedman loves this little dilemma of somebody who's running into a train station just a little bit late. And they can barely, they can either sprint and barely get on the train, which might be dangerous as it's leaving, Mm. or they can stay in the station and wait for the next train. And he always asks, which one are you going to do? And if you pick either, if you pick the train or if you pick stay at the station, let's say I picked, I wanted to jump on the train. Mm -hmm. Well, you just missed out on the dude who was going, you were going to meet somebody in the train station and have a conversation, which is going to lead you to fulfilling your dreams. This guy's going to make your dreams come true. Mm. But you decided to get on the train. But if you stayed in the station, he would have said the same thing about the guy who went on the train. And this is something that he said in an interview that I had for the entrepreneurship program. Hmm. And I said that it goes to show that with regardless of where you are in life, as long as you're giving 100%, your opportunities will come. And so hmm. when you like look that. at the really rich or anybody successful, they can usually point out to you something random that happened. Something that was chance Mm -hmm. that you really could have only gotten here is if this random thing happened that you couldn't control. But I would say that that's probably true. In order to become really successful, there has to be something random that happens that just wasn't really in your control. Something that happened by chance. Mm -hmm. But I think that regardless of where you are in life, as long as you're giving 100% into that, especially if you're really passionate about it and can sort of give it a relentless fire – that those chances will come. So maybe I wouldn't have had my chance there because I got on the train, but I would have had it later in life. Right. And just chill out. I think the key from that story, too, is, like, don't stress. Like, don't push yourself in the stressful, like, I got to catch this train. If you're late for the train, just trust that you'll get on the next one or that you shouldn't have been on it. Like, just trust everything's going to work out. I have definitely learned that in my life. And if I'm late for – if my plane is late or – Things get delayed. I just like, oh, okay. I'm excited to see what happens. I've gotten delayed. Every time I go to Dallas-Fort Worth, for some reason, something happens. I've been delayed so many times or even had to spend the night there. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to see what happens. And one time I ended up staying there a whole week. And a friend was like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to pick you up on my private plane. And I'm going to take you to one of the final NCAA championship games. Literally. These are the stories. (laughs) These are the stories I'm trying to get at. There's so many just random so things many. you, like, throw out there and I've never heard it before. Yeah, you just literally cannot stress. And people who are very, like, anxious or tense should not travel because things always go 
wrong when you travel, but that is where the magic happens. I've met so many cool people. Things go wrong every day in your life. Totally. I write out my schedule, but it doesn't go perfectly. Never. I could be driving my car and it pops a tire. Right. I could get upset about the pop tire. I could just fix the tire. Just don't let stress happen because stress is not good for us. We already know mm-hmm. that. We know the research on what stress leads to. So just have fun with it. And when things are unexpected, you can't change it. All you can do is change how you respond. You can laugh through it and look for the opportunities. <laughs> and it could be a great story. Exactly. The great stories only come <laughs> when things go wrong. Not only, but a lot of the time, if you have some sort of big issue that you have to solve, it ends up being hilarious. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you're a very busy person. I want to thank you again so much for coming on to this, being my very first guest on the Sam Deary podcast. It was super fun. Thank you for coming out and thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Excited to see it unfold. Absolutely. Yeah. Have a great day. All right. That's it for the podcast for today. See you guys next week.